This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. The crew's back together. We're skating at full strength tonight from ESPN West Palm. He is Brian Rhodes. And catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. He is Jonathan Hood. Lots of things to dive into in the world of professional wrestling, but one of the Elevated shows, I guess, for AEW happened last night. Their blood and guts gave a gave the final hour dedicated to blood and guts as the BCC took on the Golden Elite. So, how did you guys think last night's blood and guts match went for AEW? Well, my day started by watching Dark Side of the Ring, Abdul the Butcher. And if you know anything about Abdul the Butcher, I mean, he didn't have like catches catch can style and he didn't, didn't do 60 minute classics. Abdullah did fork. That's what he did. He took a fork and he would jab it into your freaking skull. That's what he did. I've never seen a documentary in which I had to turn away at least a half dozen times. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. More blood. Oh my God. More forks. Oh my God. Hepatitis C. So I, I saw this so often with this documentary, right? And then we get to the evening. It's like blood and guts. And what's the first thing we see? The fork. Yes. And it's like, oh, not again. My whole day is filled with blood and forks and guts. And so I thought it was incredible. And I think it's incredible that they take that much punishment over the air, not for pay-per-view, just on TBS. Just a ordinary, bro, it's Wednesday night right. for Blood and Guts. Boston loved it. I just thought it was gory. Again, I had to turn away a couple times, but there's nothing like a bed of nails <laughs> on Wednesday night. I was about to say, John Moxley's yeah. involved in Blood and Guts. <laughs> of course it's going to be gory. Renee needs to start locking up the, the silverware. Like, find a way to make sure it stays in the house. Like, she needs to check his bag before he leaves. God almighty. <laughs> Oh, so I mean, tough. to me, it, it was different. Like, yes, you expect the blood and guts, but we've talked a lot on this show about how, you know, maybe the thumbtacks have been used a little bit too much, but going with the glass, going with the bed of nails, like it was a fun match. It was a little weird storyline wise when like the faces are the ones with the number advantage at the end who, you know, you're feeling bad for the heels, I guess, in that situation. But hopefully it's the end of this feud. It was a fun feud. People tuned in. They did a great number rating-wise, over 950,000. But it was fun. It was a different way to sort of blow this off, hopefully. But I, I, I honestly, I like the storytelling aspect of it because, I mean, the elite, especially then when you add Kota Ibushi, who, by the way, decided to do a back bump on the thumbtacks <laughs> for no reason after they went after off the, the air. Yeah, yeah it was after the show. Yeah, after the show, he grabs thumbtacks, slams them against his chest, and then takes a bet like nobody there to like he just does a back bump onto the thumbtacks. Right, yeah. Why I don't know, but he did. But it made sense because the, the Golden Elite were a united front, like they always have right. been. Whereas the BCC had to recruit two outsiders who then abandoned them. So I, I kind of like that. I, I like how that eventually ends up playing a role into the finish of the match. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was great. Again, I, they got to be a little bit creative with some of the things they got to do. John Moxley was obviously just, you know, the, the happiest guy ever because he got to do everything he got to do with the bed of nails. Like the way he laid on the bed of nails after taking, oh. like he was just so happy that he got to do that. Like at, he might retire. Like I don't know. Like I don't. John Moxley oh. just might retire because he's Even so the happy. Little things though, like the fork, like stabbing Hangman in the stomach. Like when do you see that? Like he's not trying to open up. Like where are we going to get him in the stomach? Like what are we doing? 
My God, man. I mean, the king of the death match. I know that's supposed to be like Terry Funk and Mick Foley and, you know, so many others over the years. But I mean, watching that is just, just incredible. Just some of the bumps. And so what I thought at well, first, by was, the way, oh, just quickly um, on, on John Moxley. Um, because after now seeing some of the things he's done in some of these different matches, whether it's the death matches or blood and guts, I used to be like, oh, why didn't Brock Lesnar want to do any of the things Mox suggested for the WrestleMania match? Maybe I'm starting to side with Brock Lesnar, like in retrospect now. I, mm. I can maybe see why he would be, no, John, you're not stabbing me in the stomach with a fork. Like, no, you're not doing that. I can, I can understand maybe where Brock was coming from. It is very amusing, though, all of last night, a week after we get the report about the band moves and the safety of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Damn that safety. Here comes a fork. Here comes a bed of nails. Here comes glass. glass. Yeah, like when do we see that anymore? Guys, we saw everything. And Boston still was not satisfied. We want tables. Really? The WWE <laughs> chant of we want tables. They are laying on glass. They're bleeding all over the place. No, that's satisfying. We want the Bubba Ray Dudley table. Really? You really need that. Of all, They things. wanted fire also. So, you know, they wanted yeah. a lot. You want fire. Yeah, okay. We want fire. So someone just has to be able to find fire out of their ass and just, and just throw it at somebody. I mean, Boston was just unsatisfied. They wanted more. They were like, hungry. Bloodlust. You didn't get enough blood? You didn't, you didn't get enough violence? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was amazing. Uh, but it's interesting we talk about the finish, guys, because so to me, this sets up Pac and um, Cassignoli for ROH. Yep. But yep. then, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what happens with Don Callis and what he's trying to build with his family? Well, it, it, it opens the door because especially like after they went off the air and then the videos were kind of put out there by fans of – Kenny Omega put over the BCC. So the BCC was kind of the heels of this thing. And I don't know if they just kind of go back to being these tweeners and it's a subtle thing, but the, the subtle things I think really matter in AEW, like during most of the feud with the elites, the Justin Roberts introduction of John Moxley has just, has been tampered down. But last night it went back to the Gian. Moxley, like he got back into it. So again, I think those are little things that kind of point towards the BCC kind of being these cool tweeners that that maybe they'll be able to do, especially after Kenny putting them over. So with the BCC out, it kind of opens the door of potentially Jericho if he presume, you know, I, I would assume he's going to align himself with Don Callis and whoever else they have to go up against Kenny Omega and the Elite. Yeah, they even shook hands after, like, both groups. So I guess it's the yeah. end of this one, especially number-wise. Like, you wonder what they're going to do. Because one thing we've learned from AEW is blood and guts doesn't 100% mean it's the end of the feud. Yeah, the blow-off yeah, blow things don't actually mean blow-off <laughs> in AEW. Yeah, it, it, these are fight-forever situations, that is for sure. Um, you know, I think about, like, we see these one-offs, these blood and guts and I just see like Kenny Omega doing like submission moves. Is just like you see the Young Bucks doing wrestling moves. It's like they're not fighting, but they're just trying to fight to survive. It's just like it's just an amazing thing. But as I told you guys before, like Blood and Guts at some point is going to be a pay per view. The yeah, picture and picture and the, the commercial does not work for me during that. No. I need to see the whole thing at mm -hmm. the entire time. No interruption because it's just that good. 
Well, yeah, and and I think it will. I mean, there there have been talks about you know Warner Brothers Discovery wanting AEW to up their pay per view load. I know it was something that Tony had talked about um, at some point this past week, and I think it's only a matter of time before it happens. And it makes sense that Blood and Guts would be a pay per view and move that to a pay per view match. But doesn't that sort of take away from it, though, when we know it's going to come? Like, usually it comes out of left field. We're like, oh, that's coming up. It's not announced before. I know Tony talked about how it just didn't line up for the women this year. Because remember, at one point, we thought that was going to be blood and guts this year. Like, the outcast versus the AW Originals health sort of got in the way of that. I just feel like when you dedicate a whole show to it, it just sort of feels forced at times. I know this is going to sound bad. The women don't deserve blood and guts. They don't. I mean, just it's not. Look what the the violence we saw on that show on Dynamite. I mean, one yeah, of the but women when they're did, given the opportunity, like we saw what they did with that street fight. Okay, we're gonna get blood. Yeah, with Ruby and who else was in that match? It wasn't like a rampage, yeah. even like it was a yeah, it was a rampage. It was a rampage. Like yes, there was blood right. in that. No, that was a hell of a match. That was like yeah. toward the end of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Kind of tucked away, hidden on Rampage. I remember watching that. I was like, boy, that's much better than I thought it was going to be. But I'm just – I just think that what we saw from the men, I mean, you got to be able to top that. I know it would be different if the sure. women were in there. It's just – man, I mean, and not saying the women are not special and they can't – I'm just saying like that kind of gore, that kind of blood, that kind of innovation, they're going to roll around in tacks and glass. <laughs> no, here's you – know, no. John Moxley ruins it for everyone. Just go ahead and say it. Like <laughs> he's ruined it for everyone. Because oh, by the way, they're going to do blood and guts again next year. Good luck topping bed of nails. Right. Uh, shards or oh, the shards of ticked uh, was attacks from the ceiling of the cage. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just so so. I just thought it was it was unbelievable. It was horrifying to watch. But I mean, God, I, I, you think about it, right? In the back. You're a trainer picking out the thumbtacks <laughs> and the glass out of guy's skin. Like, that's just brutal. Ugh. But I think the most important thing with the match, like, yes, it got super violent last night. He's like having this story. And the fact that you had such a good story with this and the women seem to be going that way before injuries, like, that is what really drives it home. And thanks to Tater. It was Ruby and Willow versus Anna J and Ty Mello. Yeah. Like, that, that, was was like, that was a damn fantastic good match. match. So, yeah, like, yeah. when there's story, I think the payoff yeah. makes it that much more worth it. Yeah, and and I think that's what it comes down to is is, but the, but the problem is, would you be able to come up with two more on each side, two more women that it would make sense? Like that, and, and last night again, it, it's been a topic of conversation right. as of late, and I know injuries have played a part in it, but like they haven't been booking their women's division. Like they got the token match last night which was a squash match they just took their hottest star put her out there squash match okay we had the women on here now let's get to blood and guts like they they haven't been featuring the women's division again i understand injuries have played a part but if you'd have had the outcasts versus the originals you still only have three on each side who who are you going to add who who are you going to add two more you know in order to add it they have to do a lot more work on the women's division in order to make it, I think really hits in terms of the storyline. If they want to do a blood and guts for the women next year. Bro, you need a lot of heat for that too. Now you just can't just throw them in a cage. No, no, I agree. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like the outcast was sort of going down that path. And now that you don't have enough people, like this was months ago. So that's the thing with a pay-per-view you pigeonhole yourself and saying like, Hey, every July 20th is when blood and guts is going to be when it's loose like this. They can just do it whenever. Like they can, when they have a hot story, be like, okay, this is going to be the payoff. 
So that's what I worry about if it ends up becoming a dedicated show. Yeah, but I mean, it's already it's already its own dedicated show. I guess you don't know when it's going to be, but Blood and Guts right. was around this time last year. It okay. just, you, you, you know, you kind of know it, it falls somewhere between um, Double or Nothing and All Out. Like, and it, it kind of helped. Yeah, and Shark Week. Yeah, now it's now it's paired That's with Shark Week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout shout out to Jason Momoa. Um, but you know, it kind of falls in that dead time. You know, that biggest gap that they have in their schedule from pay per views. Like, I guess I just kind of you know, maybe it's not you know a year to the day, but it's close enough. But Hell in the Cell is not the same as what it once was, and Hunter's uh, getting rid of it because yeah. of that. That's true. Well, it's not what it was, is because you don't have the heat. It, it, that right. that's important. Like, have a re- when I say heat, I'm talking about a real rivalry that's gone on for a while. It's like, okay, we have to blow this off in the cage. That's what real heat is. Like, both sides can't stand each other. It's been a long time program. Let's do that. Like Roman Reigns against Jey Uso would be perfect yeah. in Hell in the Cell. Now, you, I'm not saying it would be the blow off, but it'd be amazing in that environment. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but by, by the way, Gabe, when you talk about the women's match yesterday, boy, that is the ultimate of just check the box. Oh That's God. what it was. No, I was expecting a, a Britt Baker promo after that. No, so was I. So was yeah. I. Like I. So I. I started watching Dynamite. Um, I got home a little late or, or whatever. I'd started Dynamite a little bit late, so I'm fast forwarding through commercials. And like I, I didn't. I knew it was going to be a squash match, right? And it was literally like 90 second match. So I fast forward through the match because I don't need to see the lockjaw and all those different things. But then I stopped because I'm like, oh, okay, what's Britt going to say? Like, she's good. She's good on the mic. What's Britt going to say? Wait, why is she getting out of the ring? Wait, why, <laughs> wait what's going on? What, they're cutting to commercial? No, what are, we, what are we doing here? She waved to the crowd and then went out. It is like, where did she go? I want to see her. I, want, I thought she had something to say. Guess not. Check nope. the box. 90 seconds. So long, everybody. Okay. Yeah. So, again, a lot of work needs to be done uh, in terms of the women's division if they want to do a blood and guts match next year. But I think we all agree it's probably going to be a pay-per-view going forward. We'll see how long that lasts. But last night, I think we all enjoyed it. It was fantastic. We wanted to move on to the other top stories in the world of professional wrestling. We like to call it our three count here on GKW. Brian, what's number one this week on the three count? Cody Rhodes in an interview with Denise Salcedo talking about Seth Rollins and Monday Night Raw said, quote, he would like to be the raw face, and I would like to be the raw face. I don't know. Some weeks maybe we trade it off, but that is what makes this great. He adds the best position he has been in during his career. So, guys, who is the face of Monday Night Raw? Uh, it's it's Cody Rhodes. He gets positioned as such. I, I look at Seth Rollins with the championship right now, kind of similar to the way when CM Punk, even though he was the champion for 400 some odd days, like John Cena was still the one who was main eventing pay-per-views. Like what, 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 what's got a better chance at being the main event at SummerSlam? And we know that the bloodline is going to end up main eventing SummerSlam. But let's say the bloodline wasn't a part of it. Roman Reigns is taking off SummerSlam, even though he's not. What, what would have a better chance at main eventing SummerSlam? Is it Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar? Or is it Finn Balor and Seth Rollins? It, well, it's probably it's probably Cody Rhodes. Like yes. Cody Rhodes, yeah. he is he is the top baby face of WWE right now. Uh, I would say it's Seth Rollins because of the work that he's put in. Um, I look at it like this. So, as he said, he may never be like the guy in the company, right. even though he was World Heavyweight Champion at one point, whatever that championship was. But I think that as World Champion, I think that he's really come into his own. I think Cody's is he's he's definitely 
had some momentum since coming back from the WWE, and he still has to be able to finish the story. Like, where's his singles title? It hasn't happened yet. So I just think that because, and not saying that the fans are not behind Cody, I'm just saying that people are really into Seth more than ever, more than he ever has been. Like, I think he's very comfortable in his own skin as his world champion. Now, it may be Cody because we'll see how long Seth can hold on to that championship. We, we might get to SummerSlam. We might get to another event where Seth – is going to lose a championship and be gone for a while. Uh, that very well could be, and we'll get into that in news and notes. But I think for my money, I think it's Seth with Cody on the outside looking in. See, I think it's Cody because Cody's the one I think that is sort of front and center for the company. And it basically drives home Seth's point, like you said, Gabe, where he feels like he's not the guy. Like he might be the top wrestler there, but he's not Hogan. He's more of Savage. He's not Austin. He's more of, you know, Triple H. And this feels like that. Cody's the one they're putting out there multiple segments. Rollins is very over, but like he's not out there as much. I know he did first take. He was on Weakest Link this past week. His strong performance there, but what? he was on there. Yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. Weakest Link is still a TV show? It is. Jane Lynch, the host of it. There was a WWE edition on Monday night. I think it was Monday. It was at yes. 10 Eastman. Yeah. That's, <laughs> seems oh. like a bad idea. I don't mm. know if you want to do the professional yeah. wrestling Weakest Link up against their signature show, maybe that's just me. Oh, well, sorry. The New Day, all three of the New Day were on, and they ganged up together and voted everyone off. Here's, here's, <laughs> what's, here's what's funny about that, right? You're, t- you're 100% right, Gabe. Also, it's a bad idea to put on Young Rock on Fridays against SmackDown. That's why Young Rock is canceled. <laughs> why, why, would run, why would Young Rock be against SmackDown? Like, like, my wife would be in the other room, right? I'm like, what are you watching? Oh, I wasn't really watching, but I see Young Rock's on. I said SmackDown's on. Why would <laughs> Like, what wrestling fans gonna be like? Yeah, I'm taking. I'm choosing Young Rock over SmackDown tonight. Strange. <sighs> All right, I I digress. I, I'm sorry for interrupting Brian. I took us into a little bit of a tangent. I'm just saying Rollins doesn't get the big time appearances like Cody. He has to settle for weakest link at 10 o'clock on a Monday, and maybe that answers the question. Like, oh, we'll just throw Seth on this one. Like. It just feels like it's Cody. It's all their eggs are in that basket. Where it ends, I don't know. I'm still expecting fans to turn on him at some point and him become Cena. But as of now, he's still very over in the face of the company. Yeah, I mean, they just did the premiere and everybody, the the reason why we got this interview is because they did a premiere of a documentary, which the story isn't finished yet because Cody Rhodes said the story isn't finished yet, but yet they're debuting a documentary about Cody Rhodes. It's going to be premiering on Peacock here in a couple of weeks. Seth Rollins isn't getting that treatment. Like to me, it's it's Cody Rhodes. Like the company looks at Cody Rhodes as the guy, and he, Seth may be more over with crowds right now. But as we know, the WWE doesn't like to necessarily give the crowds what they right. want, and they're just going to continue to push their guys. And anybody who gets over organically is going to be looked at as a mistake. Yeah, I, I don't agree. I don't, I don't. I think that Cody is a new flavor, and he's definitely getting over. Here's here's why I know is Cody's getting over because the walk up tickets. Apparently, what I'm reading is that when it, when they find out Cody's on the card, he does increase the butts and seats in a lot of these arenas on the road. So I think that's good. But I really think that Seth Rollins has really come into his own, guys. I mean, he's been in the company for a long time, taken for granted for a long time. But I think this is the best Seth Rollins that we've seen. I really believe that. I think Cody, with this whole thing with the story and everything, I mean, I, there's already people tired of Brock Lesnar versus Cody on, yes. on wrestling Twitter. Now, I'm not because I know they're telling the story. But if Cody keeps coming out there saying the story, I got to finish the story. Okay, when, the, when is that going to happen? 
I mean, what, like, and what story is he trying to finish? Trying to get over Roman Reigns They're on two different shows. So when will the story be finished? I just think that Seth has the momentum for now. For look, now, Seth look, has the momentum. As as a wrestling fan, I would agree. Like at my my yeah. face of Monday Night Raw is Seth Rollins. I agree with you there. I think Triple H and Vince McMahon's and WWE's face of Monday Night Raw is Cody Rhodes. That's the way that's I guess that's the way I look at it. And well, I think it's the way you said it. Like it to drive home the Seth point, like the wrestling fan, like you know what Savage could do in the ring, but overall, like the kids and the family, they're gonna be behind Hogan. We knew what Hunter could do in the ring. Austin's not gonna do the same thing. And there's no disrespect for Cody because he can go in the ring, but Seth seems to be more of the wrestling face at this point. Uh, I I don't know. It's just something in the back of my mind that feels like McMahon's going to screw Cody like he screwed the old man. I mean, I can see Cody and Polka Dots at some point again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, but, well, not Polka Dots. <laughs> face paint. Make yourself ready for Stardust. I'm just, I, I don't know. I, you know, it was, it's funny that we bring up this topic. and Just a, a sidebar, but still talking about Cody. I was thinking about this the other day, and I was going to text you guys to bring this as a topic, but I'm glad we're talking about Cody here. I was, th- was going to ask you guys whether or not you felt – that AEW is missing Cody Rhodes. Like right now in 2023, what do you, where, for, because Cody said, I'll never challenge for the championship, which he booked himself into a hole so there. Dumb. That didn't make any sense, right? We talked about it at the time. Mm-hmm. What do you think Cody Rhodes in AEW would be like? I know what he's like in WWE because he's lighting it on fire. I'm wondering how he'd fit in the circle of AEW today. I think he fits better in, in WWE, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think AEW, like, it hurt at the time because he's a founding member of the company. Mm-hmm. He's a founding member of the company. And it's the same thing. Like if, if the young bucks leave, like, I feel it's the same thing. I feel like the, the tag team division's in a pretty good spot. Honestly, the one that would probably hurt the most is Kenny. Yeah. Um, but, but th- the thing that hurt most, it wasn't losing Cody Rhodes, the performer. It was losing. Cause again, after he had booked himself in that corner, he had strange feuds and cut that strange promo against Anthony Agogo. Like it was very weird. He ended racism. <laughs> Give him credit for that. <laughs> no, no. Rocky four ended racism. Oh, all right. Let's get something straight here. Um, and it ended the cold war. Um, but also, <laughs> but also like you, you only missed it because it was a hit to your ego of, hey, right. this is a guy who started our company and decided to go back over there. But he fits better into the sports entertainment WWE model with everything that he's doing in WWE right now. Yeah, I think the only way he would work currently in AEW is as a heel. Like somehow they find a way to like turn him and he leans into like the EVP role. He's like, hey, I'm going to override that rule. And then heel Cody as AEW world champion, I think would have worked. But this do good, you know, drink your milk, say your prayers, all that sort of stuff, that's not going to work in AEW because it's a different audience. It skews older. It's more the wrestling type. And, yeah, I agree. Like, it's the name that was a blow. But in terms of actual content, like, I think AEW is fine. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that because I remember toward the end there were some boos there for Cody, yeah. and it was kind of a Cena reaction. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, I remember you as the show we were covering like Cody doing 
everything to be able to get over with the crowd and yes. putting himself through a burning table and flying off a cage at the State Farm Center in Atlanta against um, Wardlow, I think it was at the time. Like, he was doing everything to try to get over, and the crowd was – I mean, it was mixed. And that's actually what you want, a mixed reaction. But I just think him never being able to vibe with the championship was the end. And I know he's very happy in WWE now. He came on this show and promoted the documentary, which I can't wait to see. So I, it just, I was just wondering, like – would that be like because he wouldn't challenge for mjf right it wouldn't matter if he's challenging for you know like the tnt title at all he'd just be like a middling star i think in mm -hmm. AEW. he'd be losing orange cassidy wow wow wouldn't that be something <laughs> join on the list on rampage <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm not gonna lie i I was a little sad when I didn't hear Jefferson Airplane open up the show last night. It felt like something was missing. It felt like a little something was missing. I mean, he's, a, he's the best lead outfitter in the history of the business. Was he here in the backstage promo, Renee was like, oh, orange, rare night off for you. <laughs> he actually spoke a little bit more. Like, wow, yeah. he's, you know, he's oh. starting to warm up. Wow, that's yeah. good. Good for Orange Cassidy. Uh, what do we have at number two, Brian? A week of title changes. Which one was most significant? We'll start on Monday where Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green were crowned the new women's tag team champions on Raw. On Tuesday, NXT saw Dom Dom, Dominic Mysterio, knock off Wesley to become the NXT North American champion. And last night on Dynamite, Jack Perry, formerly Jungle Boy, beating Hook to become the FTW champion, seventh ever FTW world champion. So which title change was most significant? I... I, I lean towards the women's tag team championships because I can actually see those two kind of carrying those championships for a while. Like I don't I don't know how long Dom Dom's gonna have it. And look, it happened on NXT. So like automatic like if it happened on Raw, like I would I would could potentially elevate it. But it happened on People NXT. People did tune in. Second highest rated NXT of the year behind the Rollins and Braun one. They're getting, so, close, to, they're getting close to the dynamite. Please go ahead. <laughs> I don't care about ratings. I've, I've made that perfectly clear on the show. Don't well, give a rip about ratings. No, I don't either. Um, I just, but, 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 but if we got to go back to what we said on the show, I said that there's going to be a time where NXT is going to come really close to dynamite. Yeah. I don't care either, but I just think that that's uh, noteworthy for sure. Oh yeah. It, but I didn't watch it. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch NXT. So I also yeah, I think I also, I also have a feeling, especially with the way that they had Taz play it up on commentary last night, Hook's going to get his. Like, Hook is eventually going to get the best of Jungle Boy. I think that's going to happen. He's going to get that FTW championship back. So based on that, like, I can see, like, I'm, I'm enjoying Chelsea Green at WWE. It's an odd couple with her and Sonya Deville. I I love the way that Samantha Irvin does the Chelsea Green as part of the introduction. <laughs> like, I, I love the whole package. And I think that they're going to hold on to those tag team championships for a little while. So I am going to say the women's tag team titles in WWE was the most significant title change that we saw between Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The women's tag team titles, the new 24-7 title, the way it's hopping around. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I, I think it's Jungle Boy because I believe it advances his character. Uh, did you watch him yesterday? First of all, Beethoven, maybe not a good idea for him to come out to. I know that yeah. gets heat, but Beethoven, that's not what I expected. The music is a little bit of an odd choice. Yeah, I mean, the, you, you can play around and find something better. But also, Beethoven's fifth might be a little bit cheaper than um, – <laughs> 
that uh, uh, whatever the name of the song yeah, is, I'm, yeah. I'm blanking on it now. I, I know, and I know it was expensive to go uh, to go and get and, and get Tarzan's boy uh, for for the entrance music. So maybe they're just taking a break from paying so much money and royalty fees for all these songs that Tony likes to lease out. Yeah, I think a mashup between Beethoven and that Jungle Boy old theme would have been good, uh, but we didn't get that yesterday. Uh, so I see the wet hair. I'm like, okay, that's a heel. There's a guy there that's wearing leather pants. That says yeah. a heel. And boy, you could just tell the influence from Christian, right? I mean, mm-hmm. away from the storyline, you could just tell that he was told what to do to be able to get over as a heel. Um, and so I think that for him, I think that that advances his character where he was booed and he uh, Boston did not like him. For him to be able to give Hook his first loss, I think that was great. That's big. Um, because, I mean, Hook, by the way, he's got these realistic punches that are just amazing. I mean, what is he, Shane McMahon? I mean, he's got, <laughs> these, he's, he's got these punches that's supposed to be realistic, right? But I'm glad that he won because Jungle Boy now, and I believe Anna Jay should be part of that package. I think they'd be great if they were together. Now you got something there. But he's trying to get to Dom Dom level as far as a heel. We'll see how that works. So I mean, that's why for me, like, I'm going to say Dom Dom. I think it adds to his character yeah. as much as he's heated right now. Like, yeah, we probably don't watch Tuesdays, but just seeing him walk around with the belt, like, it can sort of add to his character and his, you know, the way they're showing him. Like, oh, look, I'm a champion, and it adds to Judgment Day because ultimately, like, that adds to that story. Like, right now, Finn's the only one without anything. You got two champions. You got money in the bank. So it's adding to that story a little bit. And like Dom continues to get heat. Like anytime he opens his mouth, like it's amazing seeing that Jungle Boy, I think, had to win last night. Like they would have squashed everything if he lost. So that's why mm-hmm. I don't that. And I agree with you, Gabe. It'd be nice to think that Sonya and Chelsea turn into something. But come on, what of the women's tag team titles since they've invented them makes you think they're actually going to book this correctly? I, I don't know. There's just something about the two of them that I, I thoroughly enjoy together. And again, they, they, they've been featured, heavily featured on both shows. So it just kind of gives me that hope for them going forward. Now, the problem for this is actually giving them challengers. Right. But because but because of the character that Chelsea presents and the way that she's been featured on television since she's come to WWE, like it, it you don't necessarily need to have matches. Just her being the character that she is walking around with a championship belt just kind of gives that a, a little bit of a different look. Uh, by the way, Dom Dom winning doesn't really help with the perception that NXT is anything but developmental because Dom Dom can barely win on SmackDown <laughs> and Raw, hardly ever wins. I'm not sure if I've ever seen him actually win and pin somebody. Um but so for him to then go down in NXT and win one of their championships, I know that it's Nick Khan's idea of like, oh, no, we're going to build these all three brands. Yeah. But that's that's not really helping with the idea that NXT is anything but developmental. And also shout out in terms of the women's tag titles, former guest of the show, Matt Cardona, pointing out on Twitter, he is now one half of one half of the women's tag titles. Tag champions because him and Chelsea <laughs> Green split everything 50-50. Yeah, no, that's the way marriage works. It's 100% Congrats, correct. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to friend of show, Matt Cardona. <laughs> Who also I, uh, said he's saving NWA, by the way. Yeah. Someone should. Um, so, MLW also. So he's uh, getting his work in. I just, uh, I mean, hey, but you know what? He's making a mint, though, on these smaller shows and these indies. So God bless him. Yep. He's doing just fine. Uh, so I watched this match as, as I just texted you guys. I watched it uh, because I was very curious. On purpose? 
What's yeah, well, it was for the show. I mean, oh. so, so, so you want so okay, yeah, you want three guys in the dark about Dom winning an NXT championship. Three well, guys. No, I mean, I, I finished. I figured our NXT guy was was Rowitz. I mean, you've taken over ROH duties, so I figured that that Rowitz would be the uh, NXT guy. I, I always think homework. about it, but that, no, I'm good. I did my homework, <laughs> and I, and only and I I fast forward as much as I could, and I was able to watch because <laughs> I want to see exactly this match against Wesley yeah. and. Guess what? You know, as a as a worker, Dominic sucks. He made what? some mistakes. He made on, a, on he he made some mistakes in this match. Several of them, right? One of them was a dangerous move that could have landed Wesley on his head. But the finish was proper because it just adds more heat, and it also tells a story about hey, you got a Money in the Bank winner, you got a Women's Champion, you got an NXT North American Champion. What about you, Prince? Yep. What do you got? And so that's the story that's going to be told. When he loses at SummerSlam, they're going to push him out. The Prince will be pushed out. Right. I think that's what's going to happen here. So they well, told I the story, also- but but I just watched the match, guys. I saw them just like, that's not impressive. He barely won and made mistakes. So it just shows you, like, he's had something like 200 matches, a lot of them tag team matches. So he's still green, but he's yeah. over because people hate him. And that's it. He didn't need to be a great worker, but also WWE logic. Like they took that title off of Solo when they called him up to the main roster. He could have added to the Bloodline story having a belt there because remember at that time it would have been Sammy would have been the only one in the group without a belt. That could have added to that story somehow. But you know, WWE logic. That's right. Speaking of that logic, I, I I'm just gonna insert this here because you brought up Sammy and you mentioned WWE logic. I, I sent you guys a screenshot. There was a report yes. this week from Dave Meltzer about because um, Sammy had lost a one-on-one match last week, I, I believe it was on Monday Night Raw when he challenged Gunther, mm-hmm. and he lost the match. And the report from Meltzer was uh, WWE doesn't see that as a big deal because they look at Sammy as someone who accidentally got over. Which, to me, screams like, oh, we didn't get him over, so it's an accident, so we really don't care. And that just, it gives me zero hope for L.A. Knight. Like, if you have your hopes up for L.A. Knight winning the U.S. title at SummerSlam, I, I, I can't get my hopes up for that. Because if you're somebody who, it just screams, and this is the way WWE has always been. And the fact that Triple H is not going to operate the same as Vince just pisses me off. If, you, if he's not the one getting you over... Good luck. But I don't know what you have to do in order to get over. If you get or if you get over organically with the fans, mm-hmm. you're still going to get screwed the way that Matt Cardona, aka Zack Ryder, got screwed back when he was in WWE. The way that uh, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, got screwed for so long when he organically got over with the fans, like. If you organically get over and you get over because of the hard work that you put in and not because WWE strapped a rocket to your back, good luck, man, because I I have a hard time seeing somebody push you over because it doesn't seem like the WWE is going to do it. They're going to say, oh, it was a freak accident. We really don't care. It was a that just really made me upset as a wrestling fan to see that that's the way WWE still thinks. I mean, I think it just sort of shows the Vince influence. Like, he's still sort of there. And you see little things that say, like, oh, that's a Vince thing. Like, Bronson Reed, in case you didn't know, his name's now big because he's big. So if you put big in front of his name, it really drives home that he's big. So that's obviously a Vince thing. Like, this LA Knight thing is the perfect example of that because we're not going to see that payoff. Like, he's going to get his moments. They're going to sell some merch. And they're going to ride it as far as they can. But there really isn't going to be a payoff for this. And like, that sucks for him and for any worker that gets put in that spot. Hmm. 
you know, it makes me think like Steve Austin in this era wouldn't have gotten over right away. No. And you think about that. The reason why he got over is because he went into business for himself. Hey, Austin 316 says, I'll kick your ass. And Milwaukee, went. They, they set it on fire. It was like unbelievable, right? That's where it started. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, sir. So, I mean, he went into – that was not scripted. He just came out. And then the next day on Raw, the 316 placards and people making their own shirts. and But that was organic. Imagine Steve Austin this era. Gabe's right. It is – um it's really unfortunate because even if you've written, and I know WWE has not, even if you've written your <laughs> scripts for six months and say, here's what we're going to do for the next six months. Here's where we're, we're going to get to into the Royal Rumble. Okay, that doesn't mean that you can't backtrack and say, hey, we got we caught fire here with something. Hey, Drew McIntyre seems like he's gotten over. Hey, LA Knight seems like he's getting, let's see if we can maybe go back to this, scratch this, and then insert this person. And again, it's not about the championship. It's about, it's about TV time. Give them over, put them in great programs to lead to a championship. But this is the way it's been for a long time. If it's not written on the paper for Vince McMahon, it ain't going to happen. And that's a, that's a shame because it makes us fans feel like we're doling out money, we're watching pay-per-views, we're buying the merch, but yet whatever we feel does not matter. And we've had wrestlers in the past say as much, like Vince would say, F them, doesn't matter, we're going to do what we want to do. Okay. Yeah, 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 it's it's just it's just really disheartening to to think that all the work that Sammy did and to be over as Sammy was, and, and you even see it now, like he's he still gets a really good crowd reaction. Like in That's terms right. of crowd reactions for this year, and I know WWE released a bogus list that I got <laughs> irrationally upset about um, when they did one of their top tens, and Sammy Zayn in Montreal was like number five on the list. But like two of their biggest reactions this year have been Sammy in Montreal and Sammy in Saudi Arabia, and. He's like floundering with Kevin yes. Owens on Monday Night Raw. Like they've they've got no oh, direction. They're kind of add-ons to that. They're add-ons to Seth Rollins. They were add-ons to Cody Rhodes in six-man yep. tag matches. They haven't been doing a ton defending the tag team titles. It's 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 a little disheartening that they don't have a direction for those two. Floundering strong. I wouldn't say floundering. I mean, they're they're, in the- they're, they're still getting they're still getting TV time. You know, yeah. you're right. You're right. Floundering's a little strong. They're yeah, that, that, that is all they're doing. Time. They're just getting TV time. Like, what's the last story they were actually involved in? Well, they're involved with uh, Imperium. Yeah, they're trying to build up something with Imperium. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not floundering. It's just not what we thought. Well, we thought that Sammy and Kevin would be together because they're friends. Yeah. We thought they would be the ones to beat the Usos, so that's happened. I mean, that's significant. But it's just yeah. far as momentum... Sammy should have been in a position to win the championship. And Kevin Owens, by the way, too. Don't forget, yeah. Kevin also, well, you know, he had the whole new merchandise. He changed his body, changed his diet, all that to be able to be the superstar that he thought Vince wanted. And they're tag team champions, and it's fine, but it's kind of – it's a little tepid. It's not as hot as I would like for it to be, but that's tag team wrestling overall, though. So, I mean, right. it's yeah. fine, but it's not what we thought it would it should be for either one of those guys. Yep. I bought, and, oh, by the way, bro, it's when you talked about Big Bronson Reed, it's funny that you mentioned that. So this is the, tur- this, the twisting of the knife from Vince McMahon, right? It's very subtle, but listen to the commentary from Kevin Patrick, if you can, where he's talking about – he gives nicknames to these guys now. That's Vince influence. Have you noticed this? Listen no. closely to the commentary on Friday and Monday now and how they're giving nicknames and four or five different – words to describe each wrestler that's something we haven't seen in a few months in wwe big bronson reed is new and that's vince influence that's what i understand yeah (laughs) what do we have at number three brian 
We'll stay with tag team wrestling. Last night on Dynamite, better than you, baby, beat Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia to win the Blind Eliminator Tag Tournament, which means they will face FTR for the tag titles July 29th on Collision. How should we end better than you, baby? Before we get to the ending, because we talked about these guys last week, and I said I was a fan of what was going on. They went too far this week. The dance break was too far. Why? I was out. I was out on the dance break. I was fine with the video promo that they did, or the, the the behind the scenes thing where they go to the restaurant, end up end up doing the double clothesline on the waiter. Like that was that was. I was fine with that. I was good with that. I was good with the surprise stuff that they had for each other behind the scenes. I was out on the dance break. This is a tournament. They, this is supposed to be serious for a for for a shot at very serious FTR. I was out on the dance break that they did before the match started this week. Jayhead, you're in his boat, right? You're you're out also. Well, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. Like, I, I don't need the sports entertainment. Now, I don't. I didn't mind. I agree with Gabe. I don't. I didn't mind the restaurant thing because they've had these vignettes and it's fun, right? They're trying to say these the odd couples together and they're always doing stuff. That's fine. What I'm I'm confused about it is the last couple of weeks. Why are we seeing house show stuff on the TV? That's the, the dance break is house show stuff. Yeah. The week the week before, what were, oh the the whole body slam challenge where yeah, right. it's like MJF's trying to slam Big Bill. That stuff you see on house shows. When you get this stuff in the first five six minutes of the match, okay. It at, for the house, no cameras. Okay, up around. That's fine. You're entertaining the people. There's kids there. That's fine. They're doing this uh, with valuable TV time. That's a thing that's weird to me. I don't. I, I'm not used to seeing that on TV. House shows, yes. TV, no. I think every part of them is entertaining. Like, yes, that was a WWE booked match. That was a WWE segment. Like, as I tweeted, like that was the most MJF's been on Vince's radar probably ever. It's like, oh, this guy can dance. Like, I want him on my show. But he like, can dance. God damn it, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but like to me, that was like a perfect break of, especially. Like we open the show, an hour later, there's going to be forks stabbed in the guy's stomachs, and there's going to be shards of glass. So, like, it's a good mix, especially with pro wrestling, to give us that variety of stuff. I love every part no, of these two together no, right the, now. And, here, and here's the problem. The dance break was probably longer than the time that, that you gave Britt Baker to squash someone. That's fair. That's wrong. That's just but you're that's straight up something wrong. different with these two. Like we're seeing something different. We're devaluing the world what? title. I'll give you that. But it's something different. With yeah, the that's also not great. Also yeah. not great. They're following that you're Vince's doing, lead on that one. That you're doing comedy segments with your. I mean, again, I, I've enjoyed the odd couple thing, and I was I was cautious going in. But they just you went too far. You didn't need to do the dance break. Like you, you had the double clothesline thing, you had enough comedy. You did not need to do the dance break. I'm I'm 100 with Derek, our our <laughs> listener here, saying that was so cringe. Yes. And like Adam Cole, like dancing too much and too long. Like yeah, it just no man. Like I know you can go. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see you dance. Yeah. Like you're better. Like you came to AEW because you were better than this, right? I mean, that's the I, reason you came to AEW and and to do the dance break was it was a step too far for me. A little inside baseball and people have to be able to rewind to see the beginning of this. Huh. AEW uses a digital, huh? Did you notice that? It, <laughs> I, they, did. I did. Yeah. I did notice that. Key, key number two to get the music going. I'm like, oh, the old digital's back. I haven't <laughs> seen one of those since 05. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. The old gray digital. 
Ah, the digital. They had 50 sound bites on there. If, for those that didn't see that or if you saw that, rewind right to the beginning. You'd see MJF go over, boop, hit the button. I'm like, oh, I remember that machine. The old digital. Wow. How about that? It's hooked up. Nice. I'll take a digital. I missed it. I mean, I honestly thought you guys had more trouble from a wrestling standpoint that, like, the double clothesline actually ended it. Like, some of the stuff we see that guys, you know, <laughs> kick out on two, but the double clothesline was enough to win the match. Well, well you know, they got it over. They yeah. did. They, they got Everything over they're doing is getting over right now. Like, this is the most entertaining MJF has been a champ. And the world title is not actually involved in any of this. Honest to God, I've been watching wrestling for a long time. I've never seen a double clothesline help, <laughs> you know, lead to a victory. I've never seen that. Yeah. But. But since they kept mentioning it, and you saw the signs in the crowd, double yeah. close. Line, who does that? They, well, they, that. they got it. They open. called. They called for it three different times. No, missed the trying. first two, and and like the crowd was devastated that they missed <laughs> the first two times. Oh. So like, so yeah, like, it, it, and again, I'm fine with that and them getting it over. But in terms of answering the actual question, how should better than you, Bebe, end? It's obvious. Like next week, MJF turns on Adam Cole. Like he, he obviously after, at the end of the match, the world championship finally came into play as Adam Cole was staring longingly just a little too long at that world championship. And even though they hugged it out at the behest of the crowd, MJF was still very upset and you could tell it on his face. MJF has already decided he cannot trust Adam Cole any longer. And he is going to turn his back in nine days on Adam Cole when they face FTR on Collision. I want everybody to book this now because I'm telling you what's happening. Here's what's going to happen. This is, for in a weird, perverse way, this is Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and Liz. This is what it is. And, and MJF's going to say, you know what? You looked at the my championship with a lust in your eyes. <laughs> like, like Randy said to Hogan, with the lust, lust in your eyes, you wanted Elizabeth. You touched your ass. You touched your ass. And so that was the beginning of that WrestleMania feud, right? That's where that started. Same thing. This whole breakup will be based on Adam Cole looking too longingly in the direction of the AEW championship, and that will be the breakup. Because it, here's why. FTR can't lose the championships. What does that say for FTR if they lost the championships? I mean, they have, they're not defending it as it is enough for me. So what if they lost them? I mean, so that I believe that's the reason. They'll go back to the tape and MGF says, look at the video board. Look how he looks at, the, at my belt with a lust in his eyes. And that's why I turned on him. And it's going to lead him. So he decides, so here's, and, and if they want to do it, if they want to do it with layers of storytelling, MJF, for the first time ever, decides to go back and watch the show so he can ah. see the lustful look, right? Like, okay, I think I saw what I saw. Oh, what else is Adam Cole doing when I'm not paying attention? And goes back and watches some of the other things that he said about him, and that eventually leads to the breakup. But does that make MJF still the heel in that situation? Yes, unlike Hogan, who should have been the heel in that situation, okay. by the way. That was Hogan holding on to Liz's ass. <laughs> Savage was right. Yeah. <laughs> Savage, Savage was right, was right, damn it. And he was right. Savage was right. That was his woman. What's Hogan putting Liz on his shoulder and then grabbing her ass, trying to brace her up there? Nope. Savage was right. Actually, Hogan was the heel. Uh, Hogan crossed the line. No question. <laughs> I, I say this, bro. It's, it's funny that you say this. You know, 
MJF's going to be a hell of a baby face whenever that happens. Oh, my yep. God. And you know it's BS, right? He's clapping. He's slapping hands with the fans. He hit a dive last shit. night. Man, he's going to be a hell of a baby face whenever that happens. I mean, you can see, and we've, I can't say it enough. I, I know I say it every week. It just shows you the range of the young man. Oh, my so God. That's why, because of that aspect and because of how much I'm into this, like I think Chicago is where we see babyface MJF. I think they win the tag belts next week. We get this for a few more months. The rematch with FTR is at Wembley. That's when they lose the belts, but it's Cole turning on MJF. Wembley's less than a month away after the after FTR Perfect. versus these two. So give me so an it's extra not like, month of it. So the rematch, FTR versus Better Than You, that's at Wembley. FTR wins the belt back. Adam Cole turns heel, and the Cole-MJF rematch at All Out in Chicago. So you don't, the, the AEW championship will not be defended in Wembley. Correct. Because it's going to be, it should be, Kenny and Osprey main eventing. So, therefore, you don't want the world title once again not main eventing. So, you have it as part of the tag match and build the story off of that. Well, it's, it's damn near sold out, not knowing the card. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, you haven't announced a damn match yet. And I, I just, uh, you got to you gotta defend the world title there. You have to. That, that's what Cole so much else. And it's funny, and that's where Cole MJF would come in. I mean, you would get the rematch in Wembley. Again, it would lead off the card. It's not good right. enough. For the rest of it. it would not be the main event. <laughs> so it could main event all out because that'll be six days later. Like, if you have Kenny and Osprey at all in, like, it'll make more sense there. I, I don't like I don't like the thought of FTR losing their tag team titles, especially after the what they just did on Collision this past week, which That's we impressive. can get into in in just a little bit uh, when we get to match of the week. But I I, I I struggle with the idea of this continuing into the month of August because I need it would more friendship FTR videos, losing. more video games, more facing your fears. Like, MJF has to face poor people now. He faced his fear of spicy food. Next is poor people. They got to continue to build this. Well, again, you've got time because it's not this collision. It's next week's collision. So you still, you can maybe get the vignette of him facing his fear of poor people (laughs) next week on Dynamite. Okay. Um, Let me just go to Broad's side just for a second. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. I think you might have him. You might have him, Broad. Well, wait a minute now. (laughs) <laughs> Roderick Strong keeps coming out there with the neck brace, right? Yes. Yep. So he's pissed. He's he pissed at Cole. Now, listen, if MJF's going to be a babyface out of this, a- a- Adam Cole needs backup, and that yep. would be Strong. And I guess that's it, right? Nobody else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that just- I don't know when O'Reilly's coming back, if ever. I mean, Roddy had a little edge. He was mean to Renee last night. And where's the lie is done? We don't know where he is. He's on the indies. Uh, where's yeah, the yeah. lie? <laughs> I Fish. think he was in Boca last night, actually, working a show. But I don't know. <laughs> Why is on he a, not on one of these squares, then? On a Wednesday. Yeah, I guess he should have been. <laughs> he should have been a guest here with his little snidely whiplash mustache. I would have loved to see him there. Uh, so, so, But but you know what? Gabe, think about it. I mean, I know Broad's is, you know, crackpot. Uh, but but I'm just saying, what if, right? I mean, if, 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 as I just said, I've been saying for weeks now, boy, MJF as a babyface would be amazing. Yes. Adam so Cole, I... I Getting influence from Roddy Strong. Hey, man, you know, turn on this guy. He's a dick. Yeah. And then what happens? Then MJF is feel bad for MJF. He finally has a friend and he gets stabbed in the back. I can get behind that idea. Interesting. And the the only other thing that makes sense is Hmm. at 
the only thing that makes sense is how are you going to have the AEW World Championship involved in both pay-per-views when they're so close together? Right. And and your fantasy booking does solve that problem. It does. God, but it's just but the part in me as a wrestling fan is the biggest championship in the company's not defended in front of 75,000 people. That that irks me. What does the what does the belt mean then? Seriously. What's yeah, the, what's, I, the, what's the biggest single title that'll be defended at that at that show in Wembley? The the, the, U, the IWGP United States Championship. Oh, oh, I was going to say the international uh, title, Cassidy. <laughs> at the top of the card. That's what we, Now you lost me. Next. Now we're done. <laughs> now we're done. Yeah. That, but I mean, as wrestling fans, that does matter, right? I mean, with yes, either, it should. Well, either with Woman or Seth, the same thing, right? Like, the, who's at the top of the card? If, you get if a if a rivalry is bigger than the title match, okay. I know Rick Flair would disagree with that because we have yeah. Rick on. Well, but but for the most part, AEW has agreed with that as well. And for the most part, again, it's not it hasn't been at every pay-per-view. It wasn't at their last pay-per-view. It hasn't been at every pay-per-view because they decided to do the Anarchy in the Arena yep. match as the main event, which we disagreed with because AEW has shown that they want that championship to mean something, be defended at their pay-per-views, and be the last thing on the card. So I think that's – it just seems like it, it will be defended at Wembley. I think it will be – I think it has to be because it's the biggest show you've ever done. And then not to have your world championship defended there after you've put in all this work to make it mean what it means, that's, that, that's not right. But I think the other thing with that title is, you know, you talk about keeping guys special. Like MJF, we know the way this storyline's going with the belt is it's going to be the end of 23. Like the the war of twenty four, the bidding war. He's gonna play out that his contract's up. So like, keep him special, and then you don't have a title range and get us, you know, five more months down the line. Well, I I think we've really did a good job of trying to book this, but I mean, Rhodes makes a good idea. You make some good points, and it's because of the proximity of all in and all out. Mm-hmm. Just, right. It, it, that's that's weird booking too. That just. But Vince Roman hasn't defended his belt since Mania. But that's Roman. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's different. Different. That's different. I mean, All right. He's the top. He's the top dog of the company. He draws ratings wherever he goes. Like MJF way, has I, had a couple defenses, which honestly I didn't remember until looking up today. But he defended against Ethan Page on Collision, and then he had a Forbidden Door match. So he's defended it a few times against yeah, Tanahashi. It's just it's, it's even, very it's very interesting to think about MJF as a babyface. But like oh, from, I, now to, from now to the end of the year, amazing. If they turn him babyface, that means he's signed an extension with AEW. Yeah, you can't you can't turn him babyface unless you have that extension. Just can't do it. Man, that's I'm trying to wrap my head around it. I said that he'd be a tremendous babyface. I didn't know when. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be in your backyard. No. It's gonna be in Chicago. Yeah, I didn't say now. I just said, boy, look at how versatile the the guy is. So it just. Wow. Yeah, I gotta I gotta lay down and think about that for a while. <laughs> Brian, what do we have in news and notes this week? All right, we talked about Seth Rollins and his health. Well, on the impulsive podcast, he said, quote, my lower back has been at me since 2019. Probably should get some surgery on that, but trying to just do whatever I can to make sure I don't need to because I've got a couple stress fra- fractures back there. He said he's tried stem cell, it's only a temporary fix. Also said his knee has been bothering him since WrestleMania. 
So it seems like our World Heavyweight Champion is a ticking time bomb of when is an injury going to happen, which makes me think, and maybe Seth is just doing a good job of selling this, but it makes me think that Finn Balor actually has a chance at SummerSlam. Because would you would you rather dictate when you take that championship off of Seth, or would you rather, oh crap, now we have to have him vacate it because he needs all these surgeries because it's gotten to the point where he can't wrestle anymore. So it, it makes me think that Seth could actually drop it at SummerSlam. I did say on the show, guys, that putting the championship on him is it's not dangerous. I'm just saying that Seth's got a lot of tread on that tire. That's mm-hmm. what I was saying. I said he's wrestled a lot of matches to be able to be given the championship. He's deserving of the championship, but he's doing all the house shows, doing all the media, and just you know wrestling when he doesn't have to on TV. I mean, I don't know why he's out there all the time, but he is tag team and singles and all that. And so if he's if that is legit that he's really hurt, then I would give um, I would give the prince about a forty percent chance to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and here's the thing. If that's the case, hopefully that's not the main event. Hopefully that is uh, start of the card. Uh, because yeah, I mean Roman, Roman and Roman, Jay yeah, or whatever. Roman J is going to main event. Roman yeah. J, okay, because that will take the air out of the whole Ford Field if if that's the main event. Uh, and so I, I can't be surprised by that. Seth Russell's a lot, and mm-hmm. if he does have those injuries, and in in the back though, that's the thing. The back, yep. If it's a back injury, guys, that could be months. That could be years if mm-hmm. he gets surgery. You know, the wrestlers always say, man, don't let them F with your back. Because if they do have surgery on your back, it might be a lot of time out, like it did to Shawn Michaels. I mean, I mean, is it Orton a back injury right now? Orton, too. Edge. Yeah. I think yeah. Edge, too. Ah, it's tough. Yeah, neck back. It's tough. Yeah, man. Guys, we have a pay-per-view tomorrow night. ROH Death Before Dishonor, 8 o'clock Eastern. Five matches announced so far, leading off the world title. Claudio Castanoli will defend it against Pac. That was set up off of last night. Not on Ring of Honor TV, but AEW TV. The TV mm-hmm. title will be on the line. Samoa Joe defended against the winner of Dalton Castle and Shane Taylor. Watch that tonight to find out who wins there. The pure title will be on the line. as Shibata defends against Daniel Garcia. The women's title sees Athena defends against Willow. And the tag team titles are on the line. Lucha Bros versus Aussie Open, who I guess they're both healthy now. The Ooh. Kingdom and Jay Hood's favorite team, the Best Friends. Oh, okay, the, so... Is it the Kingdom against Best Friends? Uh-huh. Fatal 4-Way for the tag titles. God almighty. Oh, man. Oh, I was just hoping it was just going to be a one-on-one of Aussie Open versus Lucha Bros. Like, no, no, that, all four if, of them for the tag titles. Uh, if, uh, it was just the, if it was just the... If it was just the two... <laughs> if it was just the two tag teams... I was actually going to be like, oh, I'm buying that. Like, I'm going to watch Aussie Open versus Lucha Bros. I don't need the other ones involved. Yeah. Oh, so you had me going there because you gave me the uh, two sorry. top teams first. I'm like, Aussie Open against uh, Lucha Bros. Bros. Oh, Lucha my Bros. God. Yeah. 30, 30 minutes. Give them time. That's the former ROH World Champion there in the kingdom. Shout out Matt Taven. Uh, <laughs> this is a lousy act. It, just, it, just, it is. It's a lousy act. I'm not saying they can't go. I'm not saying. I'm just. Uh, when I see them come out, it's like, oh, this. It feels like old ROH, empty building in Baltimore, five thousand people. You know, thousand people there. Just like indifference. Like, ah, uh, they, they need some. They need to get a little, little spice. I would say. But boy, you know, you mentioned. Um, it could be Dalton Castle against. Um, Shane Taylor. So there was a number one contender tournament to 
for the TV title, the finals tonight on ROH TV. That will be Dalton Castle against Samoa yeah. Joe. Yes. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, Dalton Castle can go. We know that, right? He's yeah. It's just, it's just, and it'll be entertaining. But Joe's going to smash him, and so that's not really much of a match. No, because uh, because Joe's obviously going to be upset about losing to CM Punk, so he's got to take it out on someone, and that person's just going to be Dalton Castle. I'm, Claudio versus Pac is going to be great. Like yeah. I know it's, but. I was really looking forward, and I think I would have bought it had the main event been Claudio versus uh, Mark Briscoe. But Mark, unfortunately, there's some injuries that happened there. So I, th- this may be the first time of the new iteration of ROH since it was bought by Tony Khan that I don't buy it. I still I am on the fence of whether or not I am going to buy it and watch it tomorrow night. No. So I am the same yeah. exact boat, but the weird thing is, isn't this the first one since they've had weekly TV? Uh... No, no, there was one before. The, the one around Mania. That one, they yeah. had TV already at that point? It was in Texas, was it? Yeah. I, yeah, because I did a review on that. Okay. I, will, I will tell you, too, don't don't get this show. I'll take care of it. Yeah, That's the weird thing, though. It's like they've had chances to build it, and like now, like I'm more likely to order the ones that had zero build as opposed to these that they had weekly TV to build towards. Wait, that's the weird thing? Yeah. Jay Hood becoming our ROH? Oh, that's, yeah, that's guy, right, yeah. that's not the weird thing? <laughs> You know, that's what I should tell you is I'm a great wrestling friend that I can just tell you guys <laughs> at all. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll take care of it. I mean, but it's it's very – this is not even one of those things where I can say, guys, when it gets – when you put it in the ring, it's going to be fine. Ah, ah, some of those matches, ah, you know, I know. Like, like, like I Pac feel good is, about one of those matches. I feel good about Claudio and Pac being yeah. delivering in the ring. And, again, if they would just let it be – um, Aussie Open in the Lucha Bros. Oh I know that's God. good. I, God, I, there's you probably could overcharge me for the pay per view. I'm going to want to watch that. But yeah, add the other two tag teams in, and I'm like, ah, I don't need to see that. Actually, yeah. Shane Taylor and Samoa Joe wouldn't be bad either because that's two super heavyweights. Shane Taylor can go. He's a terrific, terrific performer. Yeah. Uh, you only see him like for a glimpse on AEW, but he's an ROH guy. No, he's pretty good. Good interview well, too. Tune in to well, and- Club to see who is the number one contender tonight. Well, and the problem is you just did Athena versus Willow on yes. collision. Like we you literally just did it. And now to turn around and at least when they decided to turn around and do FTR versus Bullet Club Gold, they made it an hour long two out of three falls match. You know, right. like at least there was some different stipulation to it versus like and he, here's the other thing, I guess maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I really wanted to like the Athena Willow match and it was fine. Yeah. Uh, no, I want to see those. If they're going to have a women's blood and guts, those two have to be involved. No, they. Oh yes. They they actually. Well, here's the reason why, and I I've been hyping this match up because I saw it on ROH. Their time was cut. That's what. That's the reason why you probably weren't enamored with it. No, those two really gel well together. Yeah. That, that, that could if they put that on TV on a regular basis. That's a death feud. Those two. Those two black women don't like each other. <laughs> there's, there's a problem there. Like this is the that's the time where Willow actually doesn't smile as much because Athena has she's one of the best heels in the company and no one knows. Right. <laughs> she well, she has taken it to a whole different level now that she's in ROH. Yeah, maybe and maybe they had to cut it because again you gave an hour of the two hour show yeah. to start it off with with the two out of three falls match and you had Punk and Ricky Starks be the main event of the show. 
But I, like I was really looking forward to because I love I really enjoy watching those two work in Nightingale and and Athena, and I thought it was going to be better. It just wasn't on Saturday. I agree, uh, but I've seen a lot better. So I'll, if they hook up again, it'll probably be on ROH. I'll be totally fine with it. Athena has really turned turned the corner. I thought she was good at first, but boy, with time, she has really got into her character as a heel. Finally, news to note, the Matman podcast says discussions have been held about offering an all-in and all-out bundle on Bleacher Report. Tony Khan says he hasn't made a final decision yet, but details will be announced soon about all-in on pay-per-view. Smart quote. So no Max deal? Where's the Max deal? Is this going to happen or not? I, I doubt know. it. I doubt it. Someone said they have to build their library some more before they put it up. Which Good, I don't know how long library. that's going to take. Dave and I last week were talking about this would be great DVD sets. <laughs> We'd go to the Walmart. What is that? All right. Put that on there. Absolutely. Oh, the best of Kenny Omega? Oh, absolutely. Let's. Uh, if back in the DVD days, we would have a stack of AEW classics. Are you kidding me? That is me? true. Yeah. I, I, they've, they've done enough with their library. I think you can put it up there uh, on, on Max, but we'll see what Warner Brothers Discovery ultimately decides to do. As for a bundle, it only makes sense to do a bundle. Yeah. Re- reward your loyal fans with a discount on having the two back-to-back pay-per-views on back-to-back weekends simple what did you boys have as your match of the week why don't you start first gabe for a change okay all right because you know i have three i did the new thing now is i got three two one i think we all have we should all have the same number one yes uh well we don't but um that's because no that's because i i'm 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 a vikingo toad and because Vikingo was wrestling Kenny Omega on AAA, I felt like bro, it's just scrolling through Fight TV and ordering the AAA pay per view off of you Fight. You ordered it. I of course I did. I wasn't going to miss wow. Kenny versus Vikingo. Wait you a think minute. I was going to miss that? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> well, let's hear your review, sir. Since you watched AAA, so I didn't order that. So, so I not to condone it, but that match was free on YouTube. That's where I watched it. But go uh, on, game. <laughs> And, and, where, and where's the link? I didn't uh, see it. I don't know if it's still up, but I got you. Okay. I probably should have started looking on YouTube. I fast-forwarded through the rest of the pay-per-view because I didn't have time to watch everything else that was on that card. But, I mean, I, so they did wrestle at um, – how long ago? They, they wrestled on a, on a random dynamite. Yeah. They had those two together, and it was fantastic. Yeah. And it was just a pay-per-view level quality match that took it to a, a different level. Again, I love the Kingo and for the same reasons that I love Ray Phoenix, the just different, the, the different creativity that he has with his offense and the things that he can do. And Kenny being the ultimate professional that he is like those two, putting them in a ring together, it's just instant magic. Like it's, it, and it was my favorite. And it was really hard to put it over FTR and the bullet club gold two out of three falls match. But I, I thought they did a fantastic job with it. Um, and, and I, I honestly didn't know who was going to win because Kenny's been triple a champion before. And I assumed it was going to be Vikingo, but at the same time, because Kenny has that, that history within that company, like it was a little bit in doubt and I, I thought it was fantastic. Did you just send the, the YouTube link? Yeah. It's still up. It. It is somehow, yeah. What you couldn't have sent this to me earlier in the week and saved me the twenty five bucks. Well, I, well, I'm trying to figure out who orders the event and then fast forwards through right. it and then watch the rest. Who well, the hell I, does I, that? Look, look, man. Yeah, okay, but, uh, the QT was not a good match. I yes, no. Uh, look, look. I am. Am I going to go back and eventually watch it all? Yes. No, you will not. 
Yes, I will. You will not. There's way too much content for you to sit down and watch an old Triple Mania. That's a lie. You're not watching it. You There's just watch the lie. J Hood found the lie. Where's the lie? There's the lie right there. There's look, the lie right. You're look, not watching it, Gabe. I had to look. I had to, I had to watch back two different old Packer games for our repackables. I had to watch back Game Six this week. Like I've, I've, the, the Open Championship is going on. I woke up at three thirty this morning to watch it. <laughs> to, to find out that an amateur is leading. What the hell is this? <laughs> Who is this child on my course? <laughs> an amateur and Stuart Sink is somehow in the top five. Like, it's a weird content week, all right? I didn't have time to watch the rest of Triple Mania. But Hold on. You didn't, that you didn't match take, was crap. You didn't take Tommy Fleetwood in day one like I did? I did not. Bucks, buddy. Ooh, right, like, hey, boy. Look at you. Well, he's never won, so. <laughs> like like, like yeah. the sun comes up in the morning, you know it's going to be good on like on day one, and then he'll fade away. You'll never hear from him again. I love how this is now golf karma wrestling podcast, <laughs> and we're we're getting into the golf talk here. Yeah, yeah I guess to reel it back in, like that Kenny match was awesome. I didn't have it as my number one, but the one spot in that match you mentioned, there was a point where they're up against the guardrail. Kenny autographs a stuffed animal, and then autographs for King goes back as well. Never seen that one before. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no. the two out of three falls tops that. Like that yeah. match was so good. Juice is so entertaining, and I think we criticize AEW booking a lot, but they're doing a hell of a job of protecting Jay White. Like they're putting him in these big spots, but also yeah. still making him look so strong. The, again, the, but the problem, I guess, the problem that I had with this was the same problem that was was with Blood and Guts. It was an hour on broadcast television. Sure. So I. I would love for that to be an hour long and look, I and it maybe it's because they have only four on paper, pay-per-views a year. And you, it's, it's hard to take an hour out of them the way that they did for the Ironman match with, with Danielson. And it, it's just hard because they want to jam so much into those, under those cards and the, the cards go probably too long as it is. So to jam like an hour long, two out of three falls match, it's tough, but I'd, I'd love to see more than just picture in picture. And then they take the commercial breaks and it just kind of, it loses a bit of that rhythm. Whereas Vikingo and Kenny, again, it's a pay-per-view. So you get to see the thing in its entirety, man. It's FTR. a little thing, but it makes a difference. No, you're right. Uh, FTR and bullet club gold was the best thing I saw. And it, I think a part of that is who's tell, telling the story. Ian Riccoboni's telling the story, and he was fantastic. Oh, he he was fantastic the entire yeah. night. Like him taking over as the as the special guest, and just taking over for for Kelly for the night. Yeah. He was fantastic. Riccoboni was great. I mean, and he, he signed an extension with AEW that was announced this week. Yeah, and, and and rightfully so. He was so into it, and you love that, right? And you got Nigel McGuinness next to him. Clearly, he lost his luggage based on how he was dressed. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that poor bastard didn't have his luggage. I could just tell. That's why he was bitter the whole night. So I got to sit there for three hours. Um, but that was the best. Blood and Guts is on my list as two. Yeah. Owens and Zayn against the Judgment Day is three because of the story that was told. I thought it was I thought it was very well done. You know, got you guys know I'm a tag team wrestling mark. When it's done right, it's fantastic. And uh that tag team match on Raw was about what was that, twenty four minutes, twenty five minutes? I think it was the last half hour of the yeah. show. So yeah, I thought I thought that that was fantastic. Shout out to the U.S. Uh, four-way, the U.S. title four-way on SmackDown. I thought it was pretty good as well. Oh, that was really good with um, um, Escobar, Escobar winning. Well, because yeah. no because no one thought he'd win. That's, that's yeah. what you love. Like, that came out of nowhere. 
Yeah, and, and it just kind of made me feel like they had Escobar go over because I thought um, earlier in the night, um, Zelina might have might have had a chance at winning her match and she lost hers. So then he ends up going over and... <sighs> I mean, LA Knight's going to win his tomorrow night, but again, I'm not very <laughs> convinced he's going to do anything at SummerSlam. He's going to lose the theory is what he's going to do. Well, and... They have him come out after the fatal four way, like, and it, it's very obvious. Like, they panicked and went, "Oh crap, we don't have Ellie and Ed on the show for the second consecutive week." Um, LA, go cut your promo actually on television, so we don't have to release it as a digital exclusive again. Like that, it was a. It, he had no idea what he was saying. He he had no script for that promo. You cannot convince me he had a script for that promo. He was just like, uh, "Okay, I guess this is what I'm going to do." And that segment did great on their social, by the way. Yeah, and he's because he stumbled through a couple of lines like he typically does not, and I'm like, what, what the hell's going on? We we I can't mean, find that, time. We can't find time for the the hottest one of the hottest acts you have. They're purposely cooling him off. What does that say? They're cooling him off, and they can't. They and they yeah. can't because the L in the music hits the the digitized L when that music hits and the crowd goes crazy. Yep, I love the digital on Dynamite. I love that. <laughs> Number two, bam. I'm like, I haven't seen a digital in a long time. That's amazing. They're Project. using old technology. That's the best. <sighs> digital. Well, we're going to have, well, we'll get Jay Hood's ROH pay-per-view review next week on the show. So we know we're going to have that to talk about. We get rules yes. of engagement as Roman Reigns will be back on uh, SmackDown, which by the way, FS1 if you didn't happen to see any of the ads that they ran and I, good, good on them for running a bunch of them yeah, because to, to make it perfectly clear, because also if you're somebody who DVRs the show, just as a warning, I, I looked this up last night. I have to reset my DVR on oh. FS1. It didn't catch it because it's not on Fox. So I had to make sure I recorded the one that's going to be on FS1. And that's going to happen a couple of times with the women's world cup over on Fox uh, over the next couple of weeks. So make yes. sure you uh, make sure you reset your DVR. If you're somebody who likes to DVR SmackDown and then go back and watch it, just kind of a public service announcement there. You know what? You're a good egg for doing that because there's some shows that run over, you know, like battle of the belts. How, uh, what, what, how, how much of a mess is that? By the way, you had, to, how you had about blood and guts last night that ran over also. It did run over, yeah. but I always have an extra 30 minutes. But Battle of the Belts was special on Saturday, right? First of all, you got to DVR that uh, separately, and then yep. it goes over and Then it goes over three minutes. I'm like, this is ridiculous, and I didn't set that. I'm like, whatever, goodbye. <laughs> Terrible show. That nice <laughs> open. Is that show. To, by that bad Battle of the Belts open, by the way, is that coming to men's? I mean, <laughs> how awful. I mean, they just put up a graphic, Battle of the Belts. All right, we're here in Calgary. <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah. And they had technical difficulties too in the Tyra match, in the Tyla uh, Valkyrie match. I'm like, all right, this is stupid. It's a throwaway show. Yeah, and, and it was, which was such a disappointment because the first two hours was so. I mean, Collision was fantastic, and then Battle of the Belts. Yeah, and by the way, if you don't, if you're not going to use Lance Archer, release him. What a terrible out! I mean, what a he, terrible finish for Lance Archer yes. against Orange. Orange, horrible. Lance bad, Archer bad, just bad a glorified finish. jobber there. Like he just fed the guys. If you're it's a big a shame. guy, if you're a big guy in AEW, you're not you getting no chance. Yeah, yeah, no chance. Yep. I mean, Wardlow kind of got over once, and they messed that up. Uh, so, on that note, uh, we'll have plenty of other things to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. Who knows what's going to happen? We'll talk about it though next week, right here, GKW.